Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. I am so excited that we have the board president and my boss, Allison English. Hello, Allie. Hi, Jeannie. I'm happy to be back on with you. Well, are you having a great day today? I am, actually. I'm very productive today. Very, very good. Um, Well, this month, the month of June, we are doing our series of uh, conversations on body image. This seems to be a big, big, big issue. Oh, yes, that definitely is. I mean, I, I struggle with it, so I know it is. Yes. Um, and when I put out uh, the question on the book of faces, as I like to call it, or Facebook, as most of you call it, um, I did actually get some uh, questions around, you know, I said, what questions do you have about body image? And so um, so let's just kind of let's just start. All right. We'll just answer these questions and help some people, um, because I'm sure that other people also have these same kind of issues, especially with children. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I think I, you know, being the mom of two boys, I, I, you know, I hear stuff about their body image and I have to be a a role model for that as well. Yeah, it's it's that's we're going to talk about uh, boys next week, uh, men and their body image. And uh, I believe that Carlos will be here and we can actually have you to hear, too, if you would like to come in and talk, give us the younger version of body image issues. So, um Let me just, uh, I'm going to start out with one question. Where do you even start with a 13-year-old that wants to count calories so she can have abs? So obsessed, she feels guilty about having some some chocolate, some dark chocolate. This is a 13-year-old. This is new in the last eight months. Before, my daughter was eating substantially with no guilt at all and maintaining a healthy weight. So, um... Allie, do you have any initial thoughts about that? Um, Well, I just think there's so much pressure with these kids in school. You know, even if if it starts so young where girls are at at school watching their diet, um, their peers are. So that's what they see. And I think that um, really you have to start just talking. And it really it focuses on you do want to be healthy, but healthy, that includes chocolate. That includes other food groups. I think chocolate is its own food group, correct? It is. <laughs> there is it a is. chocolate lobe in the brain, in the female brain especially. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, so one of the things that we uh, talked about last week in terms of body image was what people, what what exactly is body image? And you know, I think it's worth repeating that body image is the way that I see my body regardless of how it structurally looks. And the right. way I see my body is based on my, my feelings about myself. And if I am a particularly critical person or if I am, um, if I'm angry, if I contain anger, if I contain pain, but I believe that it's my fault or, you know, whatever, whatever the psychological underpinnings are basically the way I view my internal world is how I see my external self thoughts about that well I think that um, that is something that we need to explain to our kids I don't think that they realize how they're processing body image I think that's a great idea so I think it, it it's it surrounds communication 
Yeah. Because I don't think, I mean, my my 16-year-old wouldn't say, wouldn't know how to describe what body image is given that. Right. Well, and I... I I'm, I want to take it a, a step further. You shared an article, a great article that was on CNN today, I believe. And um, it says that body image, a lot of it is related to how parents see their own bodies. And, and I'm, I'm going to take that, that notion just a step further. So a female, a, a little girl, is supposed to grow up. And ideally, be like her mom, because moms are the primary role model for how their daughters are supposed to grow up and be. And fathers are the primary role model for how their sons are supposed to be. And so when you take those notions into hand, like if you if you take that into account, so if I'm a mother and I, you know, complain about my own body size or my own body image, then... My daughter is naturally going to think, well, if mom complains about her body, then there's got to be something wrong with my body because I'm a, a product of my mom. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that is always like, it's not always the case. Um, well, I can't say always because I don't know everything. <laughs> like, I don't know everyone. <laughs> so I would say more often than not that that can be part of the case, despite the fact that mothers might be really encouraging and tell their daughters how great they are and how beautiful they are and focus, you know, on, oh, you look so pretty. But I think um, there's also a new movement. I saw another article and it was great. And it was like, well, how am I supposed to talk to a, a, a child or my child? And rather than saying how cute they are or, um, what you know what great figure they have or whatever really what is most important about who we are as women is what do I believe and how do I see the world and what's my role in the world and what are my goals and how am I going to you know what what am I going to do what am I going to be when I grow up what are the great strengths about me you know my my mind or my my spirit or my attitude or whatever. And so those are really the things to focus in on and and really enhance in your child's world and in her mind, which is, you know, think about the deeper level things because when we die, like, you know, our body gives out, right? But it's right. not, we don't think about, oh my gosh, when I was 16, I weighed 100 pounds and when I was you know, 65, I weighed 250. It, that's not really what we're going to think about on our deathbed. It's going to be the relationships that we've had and the, th- the, the people that we've helped and the accomplishments that we've done and who we are as a person. Right. And I totally agree with that. I think that shifting our households to focus more on who everybody is as an individual and and how wonderful that individual is is a huge part of it because the household i mean that's their first learning place so and i can i can relate to the the my first memory of anything body image related is of my mother standing in a closet and and saying she was fat mm. in the mirror but she wasn't Right. So who knows how old I was? I have no idea. But if you imagine a child watching that, 
then I, I'm like, well, what is fat? I don't, you know what I mean? So right. her body image and how she felt about herself did have an effect on me in the household, you know, constant dieting or things like that. It does. If, if, if you're around somebody who doesn't have a good body image themselves, then it can have an effect on your development of what positive body image actually is or how to even, what anything looks like, what, what is healthy. Right. Right. So getting, and getting back to this question about my friend's 13 year old that's worrying about her body. I think that what we have when we have a bunch of teenagers, especially 13, 14, you know, 12, what, 11 to 14 or 15 bodies are going, the female body is going through a huge drastic change. They're going from little girls to women. And there's a very powerless feeling about all of these things that are growing and changing and the, the function of them and, and the way they, you know, just the experience of that whole process is very powerless. And so you throw all these girls in one place for eight hours a day and, you know, they're, they're trying to also figure out who they are and what is unique about them. And so I think that when, if, you know, this is a, basically a conglomeration of all of these, you know, it's like mothers and fathers and then these girls all being put together in this one space so it's not just 10 girls in one space it's 10 girls and their mothers <laughs> or 10 girls and their fathers or 10 girls and their Correct. their whoever their family of you know who whoever they live with and so there's obviously going to be a lot of peer pressure and then when you take into account the um the issues of Hollywood and all these actresses then there's, I mean, it just magnifies things for these kids. Right. No, I, I mean, that's 100% the case. It's it's all over. And I think going back to like how to address that, I just think keeping the communication open and even addressing negative body influence or negative in, influence in the media in whatever case, you know, that how the media influences and people around us influence us, just keeping that as a part of regular conversation and even being honest about how it has impacted yourself. Right. I think that's, and I think that's great. I'm, you know, my philosophy, um, with my, my relationships and my counseling when I, when I'm doing counseling is to be myself and to utilize some of my experiences as it applies and say, Hey, look, this is, this is something that is a common issue. You're not, you're not unusual. You're not weird. You're not crazy because you think or feel this. Um, I'm looking at the clock and it is time for us to thank our sponsors. So we are going to hear a bit from our sponsors and we'll be right back. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. 
Are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home? Call my friend of 10 years, Francina Maloney. She can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her goal is to have you as a client for life. She will listen to you and find exactly what you are looking for. And as always, 10% of her gross commission goes to the MANA Fund. Thank you so much, Francina. You can call Francina at 770-861-3821. That's 770-861-3821. Hello, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, the founder and executive director of the MANA Scholarship Fund. MANA Fund was created in 2006 to help those with eating disorders get access to treatment. Our mission statement is to practically address the epidemic of eating disorders by providing prevention, education, research, and financial assistance for treatment to all qualified individuals through well-administered programs. People out there have difficulty with their eating and develop eating disorders, and we are designed to help people who cannot get that treatment otherwise. So if you would like to sponsor this show or give a donation to the MANA Fund, please contact us through manafund.org. That is M-A-N-N-A fund.org or 770-495-9775. Thank you. So thanks for our sponsors and we love our sponsors. They keep us on the air. We really appreciate you. And if you would like to be a sponsor, just contact us through Facebook on Food, Faith and Feelings. All right, Allie, we're back. And uh, I know we're going to talk about kind of the opposite issue from what we were just talking about. And uh, let me go ahead and just read this mom's question. How do you talk to your child about losing weight because she needs to without making her feel conscious and not putting emphasis on the scale number? She refuses to eat much and has a limited repertoire of foods that she'll eat. So... um, I'm just going to go ahead and take a stab at this one first. Um, I think that, again, as we've been saying, she's right. You don't focus on numbers. And I'm going to go ahead and reemphasize my point of I don't believe any child should ever go on a diet under the age of 18. There's far too much change going on physically and mentally and by, I mean, just so much with their brain development and with their physiological development that it's just, I think it's too dangerous because people can take it too far too quickly. And so if my, my answer to this person is to um, get her outside, if she legitimately is a little bit overweight, um, sometimes they will honestly outgrow that. Like they'll, you know, sometimes I, I see kids and they'll they'll get they'll get round and then they get tall and everything kind of, you know, kind of falls into place and then they'll get round and then they'll get tall. And so I I don't I, I think that um, it's really, really important to understand that the first 18 years of life is awkward and there's lots of change. And if you want to help your child be healthier then get them outside and offer alternatives. You know, if instead of a chocolate cake, say, all right, here's here's a big old bowl of fruit. Have some fruit. Um, but don't, like, shame them for wanting to have the cookie. Just offer alternatives and, and get them outside. I think the difference between in the last 
30 years in terms of when I grew up as a child and the way kids are growing up now is they're so much more sedentary. They're sitting behind a screen and they're not being able to use a lot of their creativity like we did when we played outside. And playing outside is a huge, I mean, that's a huge part of my um, childhood. Your thoughts, Allie? I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. It's um, Don't you really, hate that? I know. It, I re- yes. <laughs> she hates but, agreeing um, that I'm right. My clients do, too. You are right. It you sucks, right. Judy. You're right. I'm sorry. I do this for a living. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's so hard. But no, I would just say do not comment on your children's weight to them ever. Just do not. If you feel like you want to have them engage in a healthier lifestyle, then that starts in the home and that starts with you. Mm -hmm. And um, arrange activities. You know, you're buying the groceries. Um, Offer alternatives. Never restrict a food from them. Just do not. But offer alternatives and set a good example. And that's the best that you can do. And I think that it's important to remember also in agreeing with Jeannie that their bodies are changing. They, they do. They actually need to gain weight to grow. Right. So sometimes you're seeing these shifts, and it's absolutely healthy. And I can promise you that we are our own worst critics, and your child is their own worst critic. And they're do-, do not do not reinforce their negative thoughts. Don't. Right. right. And I think again, just focusing in on what are your own strengths? What are you good at? You know, and like use, utilize those, capitalize on those, focus on that and don't worry about what your body looks like because it's just containing, like, like I was saying before last, you know, last week I said, are you going to be more focused on like taking care of your, the house that you live in versus the people in it? And that's the difference in taking care of your physical body versus the the spirit and the mind and the heart that's in it. And that's that's really where the focus needs to be. It is. It totally is. And I try to focus on that. I know one little thing I, t- I picked up, I actually picked it up from therapy, but I love it and I use it with my kids, is I do positive affirmations for them on their bathroom mirror sometimes. I don't do it all the time. I'm not super cheesy, but sometimes. You are super in. cheesy. I love it. <laughs> I'll walk in and on their bathroom mirror, I'll write, I love your smile. Yeah, or, beautiful. You know, just so, because I love positive affirmations, I write them for myself on my own mirror. So why not spread that? So I do that with my kids. And I think it's important for them to recognize their positive qualities. And sometimes with all the shifting emotions of being a teen, they can forget what their positive positives are. And it's, it's our job as parents to remind them. Yeah. Well, and, and it doesn't have to do with the body. It's all about the soul. Right. And, and like we were saying, you know, how kids are going through so much change. And like, you know, when we were talking about 13 Reasons Why, there's, you know, people and, and like, you know, in the videos, like your son was saying, you know, I when I see somebody bullying another kid, I try and be nice to that kid. I mean, what an amazing quality you have helped nurture in Mason. I mean, that's... Oh, I appreciate that. Well, no, I mean, seriously, like, there is some really amazing stuff that you're doing in your home to raise these really, really great kids, and they are open with you, and they communicate with you, even the really, really embarrassing, painful stuff. 
Right. No, I, I mean, and it's hard to shift into that. I wanted to create that for them. I think creating a safe place for your kids, and that means talking about the hard stuff. And I talk about the hard stuff I've been through, too. We're open about it, but it makes it easier. It does. Right. Well, and I think that what you were just saying, creating a safe space and being open and talking about your own failures and your own fears and your own learning, you know, curves and different things like that is is extremely important because it it helps to bridge that gap between the the parent and the child and it it helps you to be much more accessible to that child and that helps them feel safe. Yes, and safety is important. Feeling a safe place is important. Yeah. Well, it's the basis of all relationships. Right. So nothing can change, nothing can grow, nothing can happen without that basis of state safety. So um, I, I hope that we have done a good job of answering most of the questions. Um, I will just reiterate, um, another friend of mine says, I have trouble wrapping my mind around how what I see in the mirror isn't what is actually there. I'm not psychotic and I'm, I don't have vision problems, which I love that. I think she's so funny. <laughs> and so... Again, that goes back to what am I containing emotionally? What do I think about myself? What is my relationship with myself? And one of the things that I like to say to my clients is that if God doesn't think that, it wouldn't say that to you about you, then it's not true. I mean, that's just as black and white as I can get it. And so if you're believing something or thinking or feeling something about yourself, and God himself would say, uh, no, I don't, I disagree. <laughs> Chances are right. good that it's wrong. <laughs> so having, like that's very good. Very good, Jamie. I agree with you again. Thank you. We're on a roll. Thank you, Allie. Well, you know, when I start <laughs> quoting the Bible and I use it in the appropriate context, you really can't screw up that bad. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, I, um, so again, back to that, that question, whatever you're feeling and thinking is what you're seeing in the mirror. If you're really struggling with it, take a picture, um, lay down on a piece of paper and do a body drawing, um, draw your outline in the mirror, like whatever it is that you need to do in order to get a little, like take it from that uh, dynamic process to a static process and then just focus on that. And then, again, what your body looks like is not important. It's what, who you are inside. It's how you, how you live your life, how you treat people, how you, you know, think about God and, and what are you doing for him. And so it's, it's really like God did not, I don't think he created us for us to focus on, you know, clothing um, or what our body is supposed to look like. So that would no, I that would be a very sad, sad world if that's all we're supposed to do. And I, that's not it. All right. So um, it is time for our verse of the week. All right. It's from Proverbs 14. One again, I feel like this is such a powerful verse and that I'd really just like for people to meditate on it. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And so because our body is our spiritual house, 
and it just contains the most important things about us, our thoughts, our, our heart, um, our intention. And I, I just, when, and again, the, the other verse that I used last week was a, a house divided cannot stand. And so if you were supposed to live in a space that you cannot stand, how difficult is that? Like if you were to live in a very filthy home, then and and you, it really bothered you. For some people, it doesn't bother them. But if it really bothered you, you would clean it up. And so what I say to these people is clean up your thoughts, clean up your emotions, clean them out, get them out. God created us to be a vessel. What, you know, if pain comes in, then tears need to come out to clean it up. So um, I encourage you guys to do that this week and start loving and appreciating your bodies and yourself. Thanks. Uh, Thank you, Allie, for coming. Oh, well, I'm really happy to do it. I'll be back on. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.